I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Millennial Divide, a podcast about navigating the millennial generation. We are three sisters in two time zones. We come live from Amsterdam and Melbourne today. Uh, So it is very, very early morning for poor Dim in Amsterdam and quite a nice time for us. It's lovely. It's quite, it's, we're like ladies who lunch. Yeah, we are. We're ladies who podcast. We are three sisters who bookend the millennial generation. We go high, we go low, we go deep and extremely superficial, which we promise to do today, but always with a focus on issues impacting millennials. So today I'm Amy. My week has been good and quite full of reading and books. So that's been a lovely treat because my uh, nut newborn is sleeping more. Woohoo! Parents rejoice. Yes. I have also been reading this week. My name's Ellen. I'm 33. And I've been reading about Danish parenting, but I've only done the first page because I have two kids. So yeah, it is going to be slow going. That is tough to do a the book irony. on parenting, isn't it? Yeah. And what are the Danes doing? So far, it seems to be a lot of play and chilling out, like chill out parenting, you okay. know, just go with it. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah. What are the Dutch doing this week, Dima? <laughs> oh, well, the Dutch, I am not sure how they're doing parenting because I'm quite <laughs> out of that world, but I'm sure they're nailing it because they have, you know, they're doing life pretty well. And I can't tell you much else because I've been very um, self-absorbed by moving into a new place and not focusing on much apart from, you know, cleaning my kitchen. So that's not interesting, is it? I should look outwardly more for next week. All right. So we've got heaps to cover this week. Met Gala, what was going on? Camp is a new black. Do we know what camp even is? I have a definition. Oh, exciting. So we're going to talk about that. On the sartorial choices this week, we're doing millennials and sustainable wardrobes. So what is a sustainable wardrobe? We'll go through that. And who could leave this one out? My favourite topic personally for the probably decade, baby Sussex has been born. We have a royal baby. So oh we will God, definitely I can't deep dive. This has crept back in. Deep, oh. deep dive. So here we go. All right. So, Met Gala, so much to talk about. Dim, talk us through it. So. For all those fashion failures out there who weren't aware, the event of the year just took place on the 6th of May. It was, of course, the Met Gala. The Met Gala is an opportunity for rich celebrities to flaunt their relationships with rich designers by wearing obnoxiously fashionable outfits that very loosely tie into a theme. And this year's theme was Camp Notes on Fashion. And sadly, this did not mean that celebrities were wearing Katmandu fleece jackets, gumboots and dirt, but instead they opted for extravagant over-the-top outfits that were reminiscent of an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, which actually I could kind of get on board with, firstly because RuPaul's Drag Race is very great and secondly because it allowed those filthy rich celebrities to blur the lines of gender in their outfit choices, which I am all about. Harry Styles wore nail polish. 
nail polish, you guys. Wowzers. And an earring. Girls, a pearl and earring. An, girls, girls wear those things. That's for girls. He's crazy. He's, He's crazy. He also wore some very modest heels, as did Gucci designer Alessandro Michel. And Michael Yuri wore an outfit that was half frilly pink tulle ball gown and half suit. And he didn't shave his legs. So you actually have to wonder how committed he was to that kind of outfit. So the gender lines were well and truly blurred for men because the women, they also wore sequins, but it's cool because one step at a time and this is still progress, right? So some interesting things that happened on the night. Lady Gaga had four outfit changes in 15 minutes on the red carpet arrival and it was fantastic. Kim K as usual, cops and backlash on the socials because her body looked quite strange in that it was quite exaggerated in her hips area, very big, and her butt was was quite massive. And her her waist was very teeny tiny, um, but I actually kind of dug it. She looked sick. I think she was one of my favourites from the night. I think yeah. she looked her, her outfit amazing. Was actually amazing. Yeah, it was from yeah. her Vogue cover where um, she was kind of drenched, drenched in water in a very similar outfit, a very nude outfit. And while we're talking oh. at the moment, if you go Google it, she looks hot. Mm. I just think she looks she incredible. She looks hot. Yeah, she looks she amazing. She does. I love and, that but Kanye. she got a lot of flack for it. She yeah. did get a lot of flack, but I love that Kanye just standing next to her in his like $40 black jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. said – you know, looking as happy as ever. He yeah. just looks like he wants to shoot himself. And she just yeah. looks so gorgeous. Yeah, she kills he, it. Yeah, he did not get the memo yeah. on that theme. Yeah. Other interesting people of note was that it took 510,000 sequins and 1,344 gold crystals to create Emily Blunt's three-dimensional gown and headpiece, mm. according to her stylist. And RuPaul, mentioned previously, designed his own Zoldi outfit, which fair enough because, you know. He, he's pretty creative like that. So, first of all, I would like to know your favourite outfits, both of you. What are these? Well, Kim Kardashian was definitely one. She looked like she'd been drenched in water but kind of not, which was just amazing. And I think you can't go past Lady Gaga. Her whole thing, if you can watch the video for 15 minutes, I sped through to each kind of costume change because she did parade for a bit, but she made it such a spectacle that she just owned the night, which she was one of the hosts. So I think, you know, she had to come in and this is her theme camp. So, yeah, they were my two picks. Yeah, I heard one of the commentators say this is the first time that the Met Gala has opened with a performance. Mm. Um, So that was really interesting that they chose Lady Gaga. And, of course, you know, she is so performative. She really owns that space and she owns camp, I would say. Um, I did love the subtle touches some in some elements. So, for example, in that Lady Gaga outfit, she had her attendants, the guys who were helping her get undressed, and one of them was wearing a pair of high heels. Mm -hmm. And I just like that subtlety of gentle blurring of gender lines. And it kind Mm -hmm. of reminded me of um, Jonathan... Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. I love how he really blurs the line of gender and he just wears what he feels he wants to wear as opposed to whether it should be masculine or feminine. Um, I didn't understand Katy Perry's hamburger dress. We have it on our Instagram. Oh, I didn't either. If you haven't seen Katy Perry, get into a hamburger dress in the toilets oh. while J-Lo walks past <laughs> and throws shade in her direction. In the most glamorous outfit. Oh. 
It's amazing. Go to oh, our Instagram page now. Have a look. We've got the video. It's, it's awesome. all of us who've ever chosen the wrong yeah. outfit for a Halloween and then some gorgeous girl turns up in like her sexy nurse outfit and you're trying to get into your like cheese <laughs> block. <laughs> it is bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. I, I – yeah, she had another outfit that was good. I mean, it was a chandelier. She yeah, dressed the chandelier, as a chandelier was good. And look, but I'm, I think that was appropriate. Well, camp. The the definition of camp comes from um, uh, Susan Sontag in 1964, who defined camp as an aesthetic sensibility that is plain to see but hard for most of us to explain, an intentional over the topness, a slightly or extremely off quality bad taste as a vehicle for good art. So Mm. hamburger fits in. Yeah. So Mm. actually a lot of those wouldn't fit camp. Like the people who look stunning, like Celine Dion, gee, she's looking good. But it's that over-the-topness, I think, is the, you know. Yeah, right. Do you think that Katy Perry was just going very literal, like maybe she doesn't like the taste of a hamburger? Maybe. Or maybe it's back to your point about Katmandu attire, she was like, camp, oh, well, you have yeah. a, you need you, hamburgers when you, you go camping. hamburgers at camp, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It could have been more brilliant than we've given her credit for. True. I did like her lettuce dress that was underneath <laughs> the hamburger suit. <laughs> Actually, I like that more. <laughs> Interesting. So that's my first question. Actually, Amy, what are your favourite outfits? So I think in the finish, I did love Celine Dion because I just think if you're in your mid-50s and mm-hmm. you can rock out that outfit, I think hers weighed 22 pounds, mm. um, so a heavy outfit. And she just looked killer. I, I did love the Kardashians, all of them. Yeah, They all looked great. And probably my favourite moment was uh, Amy Schumer was walking to the hospital to go and deliver her baby on that night. She must live just near the Met. And she actually ended up walking sort of through the setup of the red carpet as she was walking to hospital. (laughs) And so she took this great photo of her like – Posing. (laughs) Odd weeks pregnant, posing, saying this is my Met look for this year and that was quite funny. Um, Yeah, but no, I thought – look, I thought it was amazing and I loved the spectacle of Lady Gaga. That was awesome. What is, so, yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I loved Kim Kardashian's outfit. That was definitely my favourite outfit. I loved that her body did something extremely weird, um, but she looked really hot. Yeah, and actually I just don't want to go past her outfit because it's it's so cool. You need to look it up. It's like she's dripping, dripping crystals, and her hair was wet. Mm. That was a detail. Clever. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts on whether this was about blurring gender lines. Did it actually what are your thoughts? I think it did. I think more than any other year. Oh, maybe it's just that we're talking about it more than any other year. But I think guys felt a bit more emboldened maybe to just go for it. There was lots of guys in dresses. And there were, I know you said that women kind of wore sequins, but from the Avengers Endgame, Denai Gurira, she was wearing a suit and Kristen Stewart also came wearing a suit. So there were some women that were also going the other way, which I just thought was fantastic. And I think we're a lot more open to embracing that and not just going, oh, yes, isn't that sweet, but actually going, wow, they look amazing and let's go with it. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a good point because I kind of looked at it and it kind of reminded me a little bit 
of my year 12 muck up day um, at the end of the year when the boys dressed up as girls and the girls dressed up as boys and we were like oh that's so funny because it's weird and then the next day we all went back to our normal clothes but I because that was you know yeah very I, I get what you mean because you know the guys did that for me too in year 12 but I don't think people were looking at these men and laughing at them at the you know silliness of it I think they were admiring the spectacle of it and mm. you know discussing about you know, coming in on six men like Cleopatra and all of those kinds of things that were happening. So I think mm. it was a much more sophisticated approach. I like that. That's approach. a much nicer way to look at it. I was very cynical. Well, I mean, Billy Porter, who stars in the show Pose and was the one who rode in on these amazing six guys and um, he wore a 24-carat gold headpiece. Um, he said camp is often used as a pejorative and he said what he what I love about having it at the Met Gala and contextualising camp is it brings honour to a word and genre that can be discounted very often or thought of as cheesy. Mm. So I guess his argument is he's bringing the glam to camp and it very is much more of a, a androgynous or a non-gendered it's like it's glamorous it's sparkly it's over the top but it's non-gendered mm. because they're both both genders are doing this so in one sense I, I, I loved the uh, over the topness mm. and I, I think it's a great step forward in a way to just normalize wearing whatever you want to wear and I just think it's a great theme for this um, situation in this context I think everyone just embraced it and it's the most fun Met Gala scene I think I've seen for a while yep I That's agree. true. There was one really offensive one recently. What was that one where they where they did something offensive? It was like they were oh the religion dressing. one that was last year. Yes, mm. and people got quite upset about the religion one. So maybe they've just been like, sorry, sorry, sorry. We'll go back <laughs> yeah. to something cool again, something fun. Spirit fingers. Everyone loves the spirit. I tarted sequence. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So not leaving the sartorial choices behind, we also wanted to deep dive into sustainable wardrobes, almost as opposite as you can get to the Met Gala. I don't think there'd be one sustain. maybe Katy Perry's hamburger dress. She might re- reuse it for Halloween. You can only hope. You can yeah. only hope that that can be worn for more than one purpose. <laughs> I'm sure she's rocking it in something else. So she might appear in a, like a hamburger commercial or something coming up. But Elle, you were interested in this topic because you were reading something over the weekend. Tell us about Millennials' Sustainable Wardrobes. Yeah, so this week an article ran in the Ages Good Weekend about something Millennials are doing right for a change. Yay, Millennials. Apparently the borrowing clothing culture is on the rise. So renting a ball gown or a tux for a special occasion has generally always been around, but now you can rent dresses for parties, wedding and races, and it's much more common And for a monthly fee, you can now also get a subscription service. So this is happening in America with Rent the Runway, where you receive four items you can swap in and out for your everyday wardrobe. So whilst a walk-in wardrobe has generally been every girl's dream, 
looking at Clueless. That was my absolute dream growing up. The Guardian says that Rent the Runway is to walk-in wardrobes, what Netflix is to the DVD shelf, what Spotify is to the record collection, and what iCloud is to the photo album. So there's Jeez, also, that's a big call. It's a big call, but it kind of <laughs> makes sense. It's saying you don't need things in your closet at the moment. It's all in the ether and mm. you just grab it when you need it and then put it back out there when you don't need it. So there's also sharing sites. In Australia, there's Designer X where you can both borrow and rent dresses from individuals. So it's like an Airbnb for dresses. So I hadn't heard about that one. Um, and these are earning big bucks. So Rent the Runway founder Jennifer Hyman has been labelled by Forbes as one of the 12 most disruptive names in business. She's also made the Times Top 100 People. And in Australia, Glam Corner is leading the way and they've got 12,000 dresses on their books now. So it's really becoming a huge economy, particularly for millennials. So my question was, have you guys ever done it? Would you ever do it? What do you think about this approach? I tried to rent once, um, but my hips were uh, lie. they're very particular <laughs> they do not lie and they were like you look sh- like shit so <laughs> they suggested I cannot actually rent things because um yeah I have very I have quite a specific body type which is pear you sound Kim um, Kardashian-esque Oh, my God. Actually, though, maybe that's why I loved her outfit so much. I was like, hello, sister, because my my waist is quite small and my hips are quite big. And unless I'm borrowing directly from Kim K's wardrobe, there's not many others that look like me. Um, so I tried and, and I failed. Um, I'm on board to an extent, but I also – so as I mentioned briefly, I've just moved into a new place and it's it's quite um, – the kitchen was quite dirty, like quite grimy, quite a, like a bit gross. And just in this last week, I have um, decided that I'm a little off borrowed things because it feels a bit more dirty now. But you're so I'm the sure they queen them. of secondhand clothing shopping out of I all know. of us. You are the one I know. that spends all I your know. times there. And I just walk in there and kind of go, it's a little bit smelly. I get a bit icky about it. And I'm really on board with this. I know. They okay, because it. they would clean this, I suppose. I, yeah. ju- I know. I just I felt a little bit more like, oh, what do people do with their stuff? And like, I don't know. Like, do th- like maybe one time they pick their nose and they wipe it on their jeans <laughs> and then they give it to an op shop. I don't know. I don't know. And <laughs> anyway, but they would clean these clothes. I should be on board. It's really sustainable. Although, actually, as I say that as well, I hesitate because surely these people who are renting out the clothes have to buy them anyway and will continue to buy new clothes. And Yes, but I guess it's lower than the number of people that would be buying these clothes anyway. So there's a lower amount. Would they, though? Like I would never buy something that's no, like and that's part of regularly that's like – yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's what they were saying that, um, you know, brands don't often love it because obviously they want people to buy their clothes. But they're also saying, well, like for me, I've done used it once. We I used it for our brother's wedding and I hired a Thurley dress and it was very and low you cut. you did. You looked so good. Thank you. We should I, would, I wouldn't have bought it myself because it had a very limited use. Um, so, yeah, I was able to rent it without having to fork out the hundreds and hundreds of dollars for that kind of dress. So I do mm. think there's a balance. My issue with it is it is I think it stems from this Instagram culture where you can't wear things more than once and I hate that mentality. 
And I don't like that that's getting perpetuated, that you look on Instagram and you see all these women going, oh, my God, look at that dress and blah, blah, blah. How do they afford it? And they're just renting it, which is fine. That's great. But maybe they need like a hashtag renting. But then does that undermine it? A Jezebel article suggested that that's why that's the target market even. Like that's the most, Mm, the people who are using this service the most, like Rent the Runway, which is the American version, that they're using it because of Instagram, which is crazy. And Jezebel were like, right on, sister, but I don't know. No, I think it's detrimental. Because they're probably paying as much in totality potentially because some some of these dresses to rent aren't cheap like if it's probably just stopping the fast fashion and switching to more of a high-end sustainable fashion which is probably good in the long run from environmental perspective but it the driver because they're transporting they're transporting it as well so it's got to and dry go through it's got and dry like exactly washing it takes up a huge amount of I like this idea. I think it's um, got merit. I do agree with you, Dim. It's hard in the fact that you've got to know your size. It'll be fairly generic sizing, I suspect, or you've got to know how you size for that designer, mm. which is really difficult in Australia. I think we have such variations mm. on, on our sizing, so that makes it challenging. I like the idea more of the whole capsule wardrobe, mm. so you could bring in a whole wardrobe. And I actually would, would love to do this for babies. I think there might be a couple of services around, but if – you know, babies' clothes that I'm discovering, I just you just are in them for five seconds, and you want stuff that mixes and matches, and you know goes together. Um, no, you want stuff that mixes and matches and goes together. Navies and, and stripes. <laughs> I know. I like a little wardrobe that that complements itself, um, and I think that would be awesome to have capsule collections for kids, and you just bring rent them for the time of their that age, and then off it goes to another kid. There you go. Next idea, Amy. All right, that's my next business. (laughs) All right, so we're kind of on board with this idea. Ish. I I can't believe that you're not on board with your second-hand clothes anymore, especially given that you gave me some of them before you left. (laughs) Now I know why. (laughs) Yeah, you should wash those. (laughs) Okay. So on to my favourite topic of the decade. For decades. Yeah, I reckon. Wow, that's a big call. Yeah, you had a child recently. This is your favourite topic to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. So, the most anticipated second birth for 2019. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, not the first. Mm. The first was my Yours. child. <laughs> it occurred early on Monday morning when their Royal Highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, okay, Harry and Meghan, welcomed a healthy little baby boy to their mix now tim's already shaking her head which is just not a way to start a segment let me give you some i just i just read your your facts we have a shared document and amy has put key facts oh my god key facts so this little baby 3.26 kilos healthy bit overdue came now not a home birth which is interesting Mm. they thought the the prediction was home birth looked like it was going to go that way but maybe because Meg's was overdue, not sure. She ended up um, being whisked off to Portland Hospital in the dead of the night and um, gave birth shortly thereafter. Let me give you some stats on Portland Hospital (laughs) where I just want to move in and just be healthy and happy and live a great life. $37,000 a night it'll cost you to go to Portland Hospital. Other notable celebs who have had babies there, Victoria Beckham, Jules Oliver, Liz Hurley, 
You get a celebration lobster dinner and champagne on demand. Oh, that would be lovely. I know, and a four-poster bed. Ah. And you can have sweets for your friends and family to stay nearby, which sounds equally horrendous. Um, But it looks very glamorous. So a few little weird facts about this birth. First time that a royal birth was announced on Instagram, Mm. on their new Instagram page, which is the fastest growing account on record. Um, They're the first royal couple not to front the steps of the hospital for a while. Princess Di started that tradition Mm. and it's been continued and they did not do that. And can I say thank goodness for that? I just saw, you know, each parent to their own, but looking at Kate Middleton after giving birth about six hours after when you know what's going on, I just think give them some lying down time for a day or two, please. Yes, she definitely – I mean, they have alluded to the fact that they're going to do a press call later, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Also, it looks like there was a bit of a stuff-up between the press releases. So um, Kensington Palace put out a press release saying that Meghan was in labour, but actually by that point she had well and truly given birth. Mm. So then there was a follow-up media release about 50 minutes later saying, no, no, uh, been born. So not sure what's happened there. Maybe the two media teams aren't really coordinating quite as well. Um, Do you think there are two different media teams for this? Do you think that there's one media team that's all about her her labour and another that's all about the actual birth? Do you think that they've no. divided it like that? No. Do you think it's that important that they're like, oh, we need a team of 60 on both? I mean, between Buckingham Palace and, yeah, the Sussex group. Okay. There'd be two okay. media. I don't think one had the labour and one had the <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I um, just think you overestimate people's. Interest in it, but anyway, yeah. I I do love that Prince Harry popped out and did a press conference in front of some horses. I know, which was just random, very random. I don't understand that. (laughs) Yep, and I love that Amy Schumer um, ended up having her baby boy on the same day or shortly thereafter, and so the poor things had to share both the announcement and now the birth (laughs) with. the Sussexes, but she, of course, made it humorous and she had a healthy baby boy as well. So, Dim, please. Tell me what you think about all of this. Can you just read read from the shared document, Amy? What what have I said in this? Okay. In, I've just got one line there. Okay. In very large capitals, it says, please, can we stop talking about the royals and their offspring? Oh, my God. Okay. That's correct. Yeah, Is that your comment? So, and what do you later, think? <laughs> can I give you some important news that happened on the 6th of May? Okay. That- that was the day that this baby sure. was born. So a Niger fuel tank explosion killed 58 near Niami. So Way that's bring important. It down, Dim. Yeah, In other news, a, a new clinical trial from the FDA suggests that con- contrary to what sunscreen manufacturers have been saying, the UV blocking chemicals in sunscreen do in fact seep into your bloodstream. Oh, that's a biggie. Um, a, yep, a British study found that the effects of social media use on a teenage life satisfaction are limited and probably tiny, according to a study of 12,000 UK adolescents. So that's good. And the Dutch Tourism Board uh, explained that they are trying to dissuade tourists from coming here because it's getting a bit out of hand. Too many tourists are trampling the tulips. Oh, so Are you taking note of that? I didn't do research <laughs> on this baby topic and if you would like any more information about any of those topics I'd be happy to but um, isn't a elaborate. baby always nice yeah isn't it something to celebrate that a healthy <sighs> baby got born we kind of feel like we know them because they're celebrities and you have for them about three times as many facts on this baby than any other 
topic that we have like, have ever had. Have ever had. I ca- I can't believe it. That this is disproportionate. Yes, it's nice. Disproportionate so, attention Amy, what given do you think to the name might be. Oh, oh well, God. she can't go with Jean now because that's what Amy Schumer went with. Oh, Jean. Um, yeah, I love I love so much about this story because what happens with all of this is the conspiracy um, theorists come out as well. So they're like, was Megan really pregnant? And um, and then of course, poor Megan can't um, win at all with media because forty eight hours earlier, her her nephew twice removed or whatever like some form of nephew was in, was in, um arrested because of a pub brawl oh. I'm like oh this poor woman she I just know. cannot and so they thought that they delayed the announcement because of that so the, you know the conspiracy theorists are out and about i don't know why i like it dim it just it tickles my fancy Maybe because you've had a baby, you understand it. And I think that's also what's piqued my interest in that when I first heard about the home birth, because my first birth was a little bit complicated, not too bad, but I thought, oh, God, home births, they scare me so much. But I thought if I was in her position, I might consider it. If I've got my obstetrician on call, I can be at home. I know that, you know, I'm not going to be in a hospital where everyone's gawking at me and, you know, everyone knows what's going on, then I would probably consider it. So I don't know. I don't want it to be like, well, when you're a mother, Dimity, you'll understand. But I do sympathise with her, I think, <laughs> because I've recently gone through that whole process. I mean, why would you give up the lobster dinners? <laughs> I wouldn't give up the lobster dinners. She could get lobster dinners. She probably could get lobster in her dinners palace. in I think Windsor she's fine. Castle. All right. All right I just want to say we'll that finish. you two were both very interested in the royals before they had babies and before you had babies. So this is nothing to do with the babies. Do not try and try and create a divide between that. It's not just because I haven't had babies. You guys have always been weirdly into the royals. True. This is true. Yes. Okay. We'll move on. Right. So quick fire recommendations. L go. Oh, my notes. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Mine is a podcast this week. It's called, and you actually don't ever really hear me swear on this, but I have to because it's the name of the podcast. It's called. So excited. Unfuck your brain. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to do unf your brain and you really went there. Mm. Damn it. So this is a podcast for high-achieving women with things like imposter syndrome who feel that they need a little bit of a boost in their careers. It's hosted by Cara Lowenthal. She's a lawyer and a master certified confidence coach, which sounds fancy. The first episode that I listened to is about procrastination. And what I found so interesting about this, she talks about it in a very work context, but she discusses how procrastination actually comes from your fight or flight response. And when you're given a task to do, you immediately want to either fight it or fly. So you run away from it. So you decide not to do it. But then the deadline looms and suddenly the fight or flight response gets ramped up and now you have to fight or fly from the deadline. So the only way you can fly from the deadline is to actually do the work, which is why you get that immediate adrenaline kick to, oh, my God, this is due tomorrow. I've got to get it done. And so just thinking about that, it was really interesting. But then she goes through steps to help you with it. So there's heaps of episodes. They all look amazing. How to help um promote your career and to really support you in being, you know, strong, high-achieving woman. Mm. I love that. I need that so much because that describes every single essay I've ever done ever. It's amazing. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. It was really good. And that was just the first episode, so yeah. I've got lots more to get through. You do. Yeah. Dima, what book have you started this week? <laughs> As I said, none. The only thing that I could consume because my brain has been quite cluttered in the last week was a short and snappy Netflix show called Bonding. Have you guys heard about Bonding? Somebody mentioned it to me the other day and they said they were enjoying it. Okay. I'll read you a little bit of a, a bio. Tiff is a grad student in New York City who is moonlighting as a dominatrix. For Tiff, her sexually explicit job is a business, not a pleasure. When she reconnects with former high school BFF Pete, a recently out gay man, she recruits the cash-strapped man to be her assistant, performing such tasks as cleaning up after her clients and serving as her bodyguard. This dark comedy follows the unlikely pair as Tiff and Peter's new professional relationship redefines their friendship. More importantly, though, it helps them find themselves. Well, so it's starring, it's deep, starring Zoe Levin and Brendan Scannell and Micah Stock. The thing that I like about it, only 17 minutes per episode – and it's so it's really easy to consume and really snackable. That's a good pumping to, time. Mm. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not actually exactly sure how I feel about this because I feel like it could be offensive to the dominatrix community. But having not been a part of this community myself, I'm not entirely sure. So I think you might I, have a future there, though, Dim, because you're reading and consuming a bit of media around it. <laughs> Wasn't the last one about dominatrix or something as well? A couple of weeks um, ago, it was you gave about us... how the Dutch are different. No, <laughs> was a, no the one before that, you had a dark something, and it was oh, I can't remember. She wasn't a dominatrix. She was a she was in marketing oh (laughs) advertising what do you think I'm doing what do you think I'm doing with my life anyway I um is it funny or is it dark it's no it's it's funny dark it's kind of not that funny it's a bit funny it's got like some moments which are interesting if you've got 17 minutes you need to feel it sounds like Give it a go. Okay. It's an interesting one. I would be interested to hear feedback. Please okay. watch it and tell me. All right, tell us. So mine this week is one on the ABC. Um, so oh, how highbrow I you? really am. I'm going. Oh, all right, Ames, try to try to show me up with my my show. Sure. It is rare that I go beyond my Hey You subscription <laughs> to stop watching Southern Charm and actually watch something that's, you know, a bit more uh, highbrow. But this show is on the ABC Tuesday nights, 8pm. It's called The Recording Studio. And have you have either of you watched it? No, I haven't even heard of it. Dim, you could watch it on Catch Up on iview. Um No, I can't. They can't. don't let me they in this it, region. So just describe okay. it in detail to me. It is basically takes people who want to record a song um, and they're lay people. They're not mm. necessarily musicians. They're all talented though. They can sing or perform or whatever so you're not just watching you know nuff nuffs but what they do is they they've all got a story and they take these people in and give them the whole access to the recording studio and the abc studios in sydney and then they record this track for them with full orchestra or band or whatever and and it's really diverse stories of each of the participants so you know there was a 15 year old kid from tambo in which is like it was. It's eight hours west of Rockhampton, in the middle of Queensland. Like it's in the 
back of beyond um and he wanted to record a, a country music track for his family oh. they've got a next week they've got a guy who's got dementia mm. um and he can still sing because the, it affects different parts of the brain they had a guy with motor neuron the other day who was recorded brown-eyed girl for his wife oh, and while he can still sweet. sing there has not been a week that i haven't been in tears with it because <laughs> it is beautiful and they're all really meaningful mm songs um and often quite sad but you know really heartfelt Mm. so anyway it's a it's a gorgeous show and always produces beautiful music and there are two they feature two songs or two artists each episode so Mm. 8 p.m tuesdays the recording studio oh great can we Skype and you hold the camera up to the show so I could watch that? Because it just, that sounds really nice. It's really lovely. Sure. Yeah, that sounds like Thanks. it would be a nice experience Appreciate for both it. of us. <laughs> okay, so that's been the Millennial Divide. Thank you so much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, listen and subscribe. Subscription is key for us here, peeps. So subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast rate or review us tell us what you're thinking we love to hear your feedback and we love to hear from you so if you're on insta if you're on facebook look us up at the millennial divide we always post throughout the week and we love to hear your feedback tell us why we're wrong about the met gala tell us why we're right about wardrobes and having different things coming in and out of our wardrobes and whether that's a good thing or not for the environment. And um, we will see you next week. Thanks, as always, to our wonderful editor, Raw Collins. He does a brilliant, brilliant job. And, of course, producer Claire, who is always doing an awesome job and didn't have to um, have a baby over her shoulder this week. So that's a win. All right, so we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.